And I will open with this verse in Isaiah 41. And you don't have to pull it up or anything. Um, why do you say my way is hidden and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God? Why do we think that sometimes that we've escaped his notice, that other people are moving forward and it seems like you're not? I was at dinner with some friends um, and it seemed like everybody at the table, like one person's like, oh, I'm just starting to, be, I'm shadowing this producer and so I'm gonna be uh, a co-producer of this film that I'm, I'm just been doing this this last year. I'm like, wow, that's great. And the next person, oh yeah, I'm actually took acting classes and I'm in a movie, I'm in three movies. I'm like, wow, okay. And then the other person is like, yeah, I'm launching out in some new ventures and real estate and buying up some properties. And, and I'm thinking, wow, I was just reminded of Sesame Street when it says there's four things and one of these things doesn't belong. <laughs> three of these things all match, but one doesn't belong. And I'm sitting there going, wow, I am so lame. My, look at me. I'm not doing any, like, I'm just trying to, I'm still trying to, like, get myself together. Like, I'm still trying to, like, be on time. I'm still trying to get my house clean and get, you know, the meal done and everything and have some time. To, I mean, like, I'm like, wow, I'm so, such a loser. No. It's easy to feel like sometimes you're, it's easy, especially nowadays, you know, on social media, you can just look at everybody's portrayal of their perfect life. Be careful. It's easy to get caught up in everybody. What they post is what they post. They're putting out their, after 99 pictures, they put the 100th one up that looks finally not distorted. Anytime you take a selfie, your phone, it, it's distorted. You just have to know. That's why you have to take like a million of them to get it right because it's going to be a little bit distorted. So it's easy to compare. It's easy to think God is moving on without us. And, and I'm, but I want to speak today because we've been talking about, been enjoying so much about Enoch and learning how to walk with God. It's that's what I came to as I was thinking about, gosh, I, I, like I'm not doing any, I should be doing something really like super, like, oh, yeah, okay, because now my kids are grown, I, I can go back to school maybe, what should I do? And, and it just settled in my heart because it was bothering me a little bit, you know? I was feeling kind of insecure about it. Then I, I set out one morning and I began to just think, the Lord began to speak to me, you know, Enoch walked with God. And that's everything. Enoch was no more. Because what happened was as he began to walk with God, who he was in Christ became, like Abe was saying, became more and more real. A reality and the memories and the past and the hurts and the failures and the mistakes and the things that you didn't do, the things that you regret, the things you wish you would have done or the things you did wrong. You know, you start, when you, the older you get, the more you have all those things to think about, how you could have done it better. And sometimes you can get swallowed up in shame you know, there's this movie we watched recently um, called The Edge, which is an older movie. I think it's like almost 20 years old, but it's with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin, and they're going into Alaska on this little plane, and they get hit by birds, so their plane crashes. And they're in the wilderness, these three guys, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, make it. And then there's this bear that is like a man-eating bear that they have to try and figure out how to escape from. But um, they're all sitting there like, I can't believe it. What, what? And, and then Anthony Hopkins says this great line, this great moment. He says, you know, do you know why people die in the wilderness? And they're like, no, why? He said, because of shame. It's shame. It's not because of a man-eating bear. It's shame. Because they think, how could I have let this happen? 
how could I be going through this right now? What happened? Everything was going great, but now here I am in this place. And shame tries to swallow us up. Shame tries to come and say, see, you missed your moment. See, it's too late. Look at what everyone else is doing. Look at their, everything was great. And, but then I, I and, it's, and then they, and he says, they die of shame because they think how, they, they miss out the one thing that they have still. They stop thinking. They stop thinking because of shame. They stop figuring out what's the next step. And today I want to talk to you about taking that next step. Because thinking is important. And it is easy to get caught up in this and this and this and run here and there. But when you just stop, you know, I know it can seem boring. But just, just sit and walk with God and think with him and listen to his thoughts. You're doing that right now. You're doing that right now on your couch or wherever you're watching from, whatever place, whatever state. And let us know again where you're watching from. We love you. We're so glad you're connecting with us globally. But maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, nobody even notices me. I haven't, I, maybe you, there's some people that maybe you're, you're sitting there because you don't really know how to come back to church. You, after COVID, it's been hard. And so you're it's comfortable and you don't really know. Or maybe you've been away from church because you, you had some suffering that took place. I met a woman and she had lost her son. And she said, it's just hard for you to walk through those doors without my son. I understand that. But there is, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be in this place. But it's not okay to stay there. I want you to know that God has called you. You are anointed. There's an anointing in you. And if you think and you're looking too busy at everybody else, you'll miss what God's trying to do in you. When you're sitting under the anointing right now, when you're listening to God's voice, driving to work, when you're pu putting on, you know, I've been listening to the 40 days again of the um, Fasting for Month thinking. I'm listening to all the podcasts, the mashup contents that you just listen to, the audio versions. And it's changing my life. How? I don't know. Little by little. Every day, you take a little step forward. But see, what happens is, like, for instance, it's funny, it's like 2023, and I kind of decided at the beginning of the year, oh, it's like 23, like Psalm 23. That's going to be my theme, my anchor this year, Psalm 23, right? Lord, you're my shepherd. I shall not want. You, you cause, I lack nothing with you. You make me lie down in green pastures. You leave me beside still waters. Okay, don't fall asleep, everybody. It's so peaceful, right? When you start reading the Psalms or listening to the Psalms, it's like so beautiful. And you're walking in, and I'm in this walk with God, because Enoch walked with God, and Jesus is my shepherd, you know? And he restores my soul. You know, our soul needs to be cured. Our soul is that soft part of us, that inside part. Our spirit's already solid. Like, think of a hard-boiled egg. That yolk is solid. Okay, your spirit is one with God. You are in. Don't worry. You've been born again. You are right with God. You have the righteousness of God in you. That's settled, okay? Then you got your hard shell. You know, some of us have more cracks than others, but we've, just kidding. Um, but that's our hard shell, you know, on the outside. But that's not the real you. The real you is that soft inside, the personality. Now, the real you is one with Jesus, but that soft part that's changing, like the egg white. It's like gooey, and it's changing a little bit. And God wants to heal it, because sometimes our personality gets stuck from first grade, eighth grade, high school, college, 
first job, second job, first marriage, second marriage, first children, then other ch you know, blended families. And we go from, through stages of jobs and businesses and that business folding. And, and we have these memories and these hurts and these things and these regrets and these pains. And it hurts sometimes. And we're still stuck there a little bit. And it's kind of overwhelming. And we feel like, yeah, and, or you've tried this and tried this and, and tried different things, but you're not making. So I'm saying all that to say, um, Psalm 20, I kind of got ahead of myself, but Psalm 23, you know, everything's beautiful. He leads me, so, but our soul is going to, he's healing our soul and restoring our soul so that we can be that best version of ourselves and see ourselves the way God sees us. But what I'm trying to say is that all of a sudden, you know, it's like he goes from walking, leading me in paths of righteousness for his namesake, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wait, wait, what? Why? I was just in these beautiful streams of green, still water and green pasture and the path of righteousness. What happened? Why am I now suddenly in the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death? I've... I don't know if anyone here ever has related to that. It feels like everything is going a certain way and it's going good, it's going good, but then this happens. Like, wait, what? Whoa. Wait, God, where are you? Why am I suffering right now? Why am I going through this? And the last thing you want to hear is someone say to you, just consider it all joy when you go through trials. I want to punch somebody when they tell me, <laughs> tell me that when I'm going through a tough time. And it's like, or I was listening to, a, 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 you know, my husband, he's like, when you're in this moment, when everything's going terrible, you just need gratitude, just gratitude. You know, I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that right now. I'm suffering. I'm hurting. I'm in this tough place. You know, it's hard to hear that. And it's hard in that moment to take that step forward. That's why I'm saying if you're finding yourself in a place where you feel a little bit like, oh, kind of stuck in this place, like a, a little like, oh, why am I here? Why, why didn't this work? And why am I dealing with this right now? Like, Lord, you, like, Lord take, you said you'd get rid of, you, I could speak to the mountain, and that mountain is still there. And you said I could do this, and, and I'm still suffering. Like, I don't know if anybody here feels that. I, I have experienced that. And I, and, and I want to get rid of it. I want to have my life the way God wants it. I want it to be, you know, like this Psalm 23. But I'm, so anyway, that's why. That's why I, I'm here today. I want to share with you, because I don't want shame to swallow us up in this moment where we don't feel like everything is so perfect. And especially we've got people in this room that are, have callings, all of us, but you're not here by accident. And there's something, even you're watching online right now, there's something God has put a dream in your heart and that dream hasn't happened and it's been taking a long time. But guess what? It does kind of seem like the pattern when you look at the Bible and you see Abraham and Sarah, how long they waited until Isaac came. You know, and I'm not trying to, no, kind of, this sounds depressing, like, wait, what? You mean I have to wait 25 years for this? <laughs> you know, that isn't encouraging, I know. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have the answer to your problem. I don't have the solution. In fact, your, your problem might not be solved. But I will tell you this. Peace doesn't come from the absence of problems. Peace comes from the presence of God in the midst of the problem. Anyone can be happy when everything goes great and everything is good and the green pastures are right there and the still waters are right there. But then you... You're the one in the valley of the shadow of death, and you're sick of it. And it's like, why is this always the case? Well, there's some people, you know, so 
long story short, real quickly, I just want to say that as I was preparing this week and thinking about all these things I wanted to share with you and making sure, you know, sometimes I feel worried, like I don't want to do the wrong thing. I don't want to say the wrong thing, you know? And so I was studying and studying and preparing. And then last night, around 6 o'clock, I, I, I felt like the Lord told me, like, hey, like, maybe just stop all the studying and let's just spend time together. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Like, I need that. That sounds, that's the fun part, you know, just listening. So I got my cup of tea and I got my blanket. I'm sitting by my fireplace and I'm just like, and I remembered, it just came to my mind, you know, um, Jeremiah 29. I had heard this teaching and heard, actually, as my son Rob, he was teaching at Staffing last year. And I kept thinking there was something to that that I wanted to go back to. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's, I want to look at that again. I want to. I want to go through that again. And because all my life, Jeremiah 29, 11 has been a key verse. When I first got saved on the college campus, that was the first verse someone told me. The Lord has a great plan for you, a destiny. If you could put up, yeah, for I know the plans I have for you. How many have heard this verse before? I know the plans I have for you. You can say it with me. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future, to give you a hope, right? And then he goes on to say, if you'll seek me, you'll find me. Uh, when you search for me, I think it says in the next verse, you'll call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And then the next verse, and it gets even better. It says, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So that was like my life theme, like, oh yes, God has a plan. But I never understood the verses preceding verse 11. Let's go to verse 4. And I want you to see something um, because there's something here. This is a group of people that were exiled in Babylon. Jeremiah, the prophet, is in Jerusalem. And so he sends a letter to them. He sends them on behalf of the Lord. He speaks to them. And he says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile. Keep going. Build houses, live in them, plant gardens, and eat their produce. And then keep going, yeah, take wives, become the fathers of sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters to your husbands that they may hear, bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not, incre do not decrease. Basically, he's saying, get in there, seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you to exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for in its welfare, you will have welfare. So he's basically saying, I know you're in exile. Oh, and by the way, he said to the exiles whom I have sent there. And that's interesting because we often say, well, God, you know, we know that God always leads us into good things, right? But the Lord is saying, um, let's look at the next verse. It says, thus is the Lord, do not let your prophets who are in the midst um, and your diviners deceive you and do not listen to the dreams of the dream. Okay, you can stop the verse. I want you to just page. Let me just tell you real quick to cut to the chase. So basically, they're saying to these people, you can take the verse off because I don't want it to distract Okay, let's focus on me. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> totally joking, totally joking. It's a quote from a movie. All right, so anyway, um, I'll give you 10 bucks if you know the movie. But anyway, uh, so, so they're, they're in this exile place, and God is saying, they're the ones that I sent over there. And so that's kind of got a sting. It's like, what? Like you, you let, and, and I'm not saying that whatever problem you're going through right now is because God sent it, but I will tell you something. God is allowing it. God is in control of your life. When you yield to him, to him, now, listen to me. Don't go running out of here and saying, Grace said that everything that happens is God's will. It's not. But there's sometimes things happen, 
and we are frustrated and we just want God to change it, get rid of it, get me out of this situation. And it makes us want to run away. It makes us want to just procrastinate. We can't face it. I don't want to deal with this problem. Um, and what makes us want to even sometimes just, I mean, people get divorced. They'll, they'll, they'll leave their families. They'll run away. They'll kill themselves. Because it's so, oh, it's this, this, the shame that I'm here in this situation. When I'm a woman of faith, I'm a person of faith. Why do I have this sickness that won't go away? What's wrong with me? See how shame in that wilderness starts to eat you up. And we stop thinking. And so Jeremiah's like, listen to me. I've sent you there, and in 70 years, I'm going to send you out. I'm going to deliver you and bring you back to Jerusalem, but not now. So I want you to stay there. I want you to stay with it. I want you to grow there. I want you to build. I want you to get married, have families, have children, and find that, make sure that city is blessed where you are. And I hate to say it, Abe, but you know, a lot of the Greeks, the, the slaves that were there, the Jewish slaves, they, the Greeks stole a lot of their good things, like their health, sorry, I'm just kidding, their health, their cleanliness, their, they had such good, the, the Jews had, they were so stellar, they had the high standard on everything, and the slaves actually that were in exile would help the places that they, that's how God did it, he salt and peppered, I know it sounds bad that he would send people to exile, but if we could just take a minute for a history lesson, like 10 seconds, these Jews salt and peppered the life of God, and that's what made, that's why, that's why you're so wonderful, that's why we love the Greeks, okay, so I'm saying that in the midst of your problems, you can start to get excited, oh my gosh, in something, in this terrible situation right now, something good is going to happen, somehow this is going to serve me, somehow this is going to make me better, why am I running from the irritating person at work when that person could be the very one who's going to help me, I, all I need, if they're going to show me, if anything, I'll learn how to show love when it's really difficult. Do you know that the pearls in the oyster, that there has to be an irritant inside the oyster for the pearl to have its resilience? It needs that irritant. We're trying to get all the irritants out. We're trying to clean our life and make sure everything's perfect. But it's sometimes those things that just are annoying and that, and, and, and that you just wish would go away that you, if you could just relax and say, you know what, Lord? All right, I'm gonna stay with it. I'm not gonna try to run away from my problems. And you will overcome in the midst, be of good cheer, right? Yeah. Tribulation will come, but you will overcome it. So I just love, you know, because Jeremiah said, don't listen to the guys who are saying, oh, oh, this isn't God. You're going to get out of it tomorrow. Just, you know, don't, don't worry about this. Um, you know, and they're falsely prophesying to these people that it's all going to be good. But Jeremiah is telling God, God is saying basically, it's, it's going to be all good, not because you're going to get out of all these problems. It's going to be good, all good, because I'm with you in the middle of the problem. And I've called you to live a life full in the middle of this problem, in the middle of this sickness, in the middle of this conflict, in the middle of everything around you that you feel like you don't deserve. And you ask yourself, why am I in this? Right there, right there, if you'll just think and switch your thinking, if you just take a minute and switch and realize, even though this is maybe not where you thought you were supposed to be, you can have the best life right now.
right now. You can have the most fulfilling life. You can build right where you're at. You can build houses. You can build homes. You can bless people. You can bless the city. You can pray for the, the, the enemies. You can pray for them. You can be a blessing on the road when someone cuts you off. You can smile. You can pray for them to have a good day, not get in an accident. You can sow love and goodness right there in the middle of that. So don't say, you know, because that's when you will start thriving. He said, when the city is thriving, you'll thrive. See, so if we just think, well, it's just me and my relationship with God, but I come, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to come, and I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve my church, I'm going to be a blessing in my church, and I'm going to help, and let's make sure that each other's thriving. Let's make sure that each other is blessed. Let's make sure that we're blessing our communities, our families, our schools, our, our jobs, and let's, let's, let's get our roots deep, and let's do this thing, and stay with it, and then there's, there's nothing we have to escape and run from, because God is doing revival. There is a revival happening. And, and, you know, revival is also how you deal with adversity. This can be a revival where you learn how to solve your pro in the midst of your problems. You change from being a cranky, ornery person who just reacts and just constantly throws a tantrum when things don't go your way to become this person that's calm and wise and soothing and has wisdom and knows how to solve problems. You can transform from the inside out. That's maturity. Maturity is when you become less influenced by what's happening around you. And you're more influenced by what's happening within. This whole world is driven by what's happening without, outside. We are called to be like these not perfect people. And it often feels weird, like, God, what are you doing? Why didn't you fix this? Why didn't you change this? It's OK. You are with us. You promised you'd be with us and you'll build with us because that is the life that's successful. It's not a lack of problems that leads to a successful life. It's the peace and stability amidst the problems that leads to a successful life. So the life work that they were called to live didn't come on the back of no problems. It came on the back of captivity, exile, adversity, but that inner stability causes them, even in the desert, even in the tough times, even when you can't pay that bill, when you, yeah, when you take a minute and you recognize, wait, Jesus is with me in this. I am not alone. And just start thinking about who's with you instead of being swallowed up by how did I get here? Does that make any sense to anybody? So it, 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 I'm saying all these, I felt this because if we just wait for everything to be perfect and try to prove what faith people we are because this worked and this worked, and I just, you know, things just aren't always that simple. But you know what is simple? Walking with God. It's simple. Everyone can do it. And it really frees you from, literally, when you know that God is on your side, it frees you from jealousy. Jealousy can be a real bear. Jealousy can be like that man-eating bear in the, you know, in the wilderness. We're not, you're not going to die in the wilderness. You're not going to be like that, you know, people who just get swallowed up. There's a, there's a man in the Bible who was dealing with this as well. Pressure, pain, rejection, persecution, things coming towards him. And he was perfect. His name is Jesus. He was perfect, man did nothing wrong, followed God everywhere. But they hated him. They hated him. They wanted to kill him. They rejected him. They argued with him. Now, many people were healed by him. Many people followed him. 
but I do want us to just in these last few minutes, I want us to just look at this. And it's funny that Abe, you brought this up um, also. And, and Joseph, you know, talking about revival, um, I, I don't think we can hear that too, too much. We, we have to see there is something, I do believe something is happening. And that's why we can't look at the revival like out here somewhere. It's in us, Amen. listening, leaning in, yeah, not being moved, not being provoked, shutting off social media, shutting off what everyone else is saying, letting our soul be cured in the, so I am in the valley. Okay, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. Here I go. And guess what? Well, we're going to see what happens with Jesus, but in the midst of your enemies, it's amazing how God can build a table. That's the table I want to eat at. Not the table of celebrities or the table of Hollywood or the table of the greatest athletes in the world and the most beautiful, perfect people. And they're not bad people either. I mean, many of them are, are I don't know who they are. They're all, you know, some of them are following Jesus. It doesn't, it's not for me to judge. You know, it just frees you from the judgment of what everything looks like. So finally, let's just look in Mark chapter 14. Have you guys gone to sleep or are you guys still okay? Can I share? Can we go a little further? And take another little step in because you know why you're worth it. You have something that you've got to, when you get out of here, you have a week to face. You have a family, you have a job, you have your own life. You have to be able to live with yourself and not look down on yourself and not shame yourself. And have, I really want you to hear me say this healthy talk with yourself. How are you doing with you? Because you can be good and be, we give a good front to everybody. Then you go home and you're like, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about right now. And Jesus was in this moment in Mark chapter 14. And he was with his disciples and he was feeling this pressure. And he was feeling it all come to him. In verse 32, it says, they went to a place called Gethsemane. If you put it in the King James, that would be great. Um, and he said to his disciples, sit down here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. He began to be struck with terror. Now this is how he felt. Struck with terror and amazement, deeply troubled and depressed. And he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sad, overwhelmed with grief, so that it almost kills me. Remain here and keep awake. So how do we take a step forward when we're under, Jesus is under all this pressure? The first thing is honesty. He says, I'm overwhelmed. I, I, I am overwhelmed. I am deeply, deeply troubled. The second thing he did he reached out to people. They weren't perfect, but they were staying with him. There were many who came and followed, but then they left Jesus. These three, James, Peter, John, he knew they were with him. Sometimes you need people who've gone through some fires to know who to trust. Don't just trust the first, you know, um, you know, just the people. Don't just follow beautiful people. Follow the people who've been through the fire. They have some scars. Scars make you beautiful, I think, when you've been through some tough times. And so he took them. But he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. And in the Amplified version, it says, exceedingly sad, overwhelmed with grief, so that it almost kills me. And I want you to hear that, because I think that maybe even now, there might be some people listening here, maybe watching online. You feel like you're at the end. And this is really where Jesus is almost at rock bottom. But I really feel right now, and I want you to not just cover over this religiously, like, oh, I just heard this. Yeah, pastor taught, I've heard. I want you to hear this. Jesus is saying, it's almost killing me. There is so much sadness I'm feeling. And 
he's telling this, how he's deeply troubled to, to his friends. Then it says in verse 30 and 35, he went forward a little, he fell on the ground and prayed, if it were possible, that the hour might pass from him. Now just stay right there. What is the next thing he did? He stepped forward a little. See, it's okay to feel what you feel and you need to be honest about how you feel. And we talked about this last time when I was with you. We talked about what's in a name. And, and when you name that thing and you name the pain and you acknowledge the pain, don't run away from it. But what Jesus did was he stepped forward into it. Yeah. Think about that. He didn't run away from it. He didn't back up. He wasn't like, I can't handle this. I can't. And even if you feel like you can't handle it, you can tell God that. But he was basically saying, I'm overwhelmed. I, it's almost killing me. Like, I don't know. So he moved a little bit, stepped forward. Then he fell on the ground. That next step was humility. And you can do all these things. It's, it's like you can be honest. You can take one little step forward. You don't have to you don't run a marathon. You don't have to pray and fast for 40 days. You don't even have to pray for an hour. You don't even have to pray a long prayer. You could just say, help. Amen. Help me, Jesus. Amen. See, we're not thinking. We just want to sit there. We think, oh, this happened to me. i got to figure out. I feel depressed right now. I feel sad. I should figure out why I feel this. I, I must be doing something wrong. Was Jesus doing something wrong? Was he? No. no. But he had these feelings, so it's not a sin to have these feelings of anxiety, depression, or, or feeling like you want to run away, or quit, quit your life, or quit on God. I love how a pastor said the other day, when someone said they wanted to quit, and, and he's like, okay. And I thought he was going to say, don't worry, you're going to change your mind. But then he said, don't worry, you, it's okay if you quit, but God will never quit on you. And I'm like, yeah. So Jesus steps forward into it, and he lets the power of his purpose break through those emotions of sadness and sorrow. Instead of the emotions breaking out his purpose, because the emotions almost had him, it almost killed him. But if you just step forward a little, he falls to the ground. Even if you just kneel down, I'm not saying you have to. And I'm not saying, but if it's just the picture, I'm just giving you an image. Sometimes it could be just putting your head down closing your eyes, kneeling down, just saying in your body, Lord, I can't do this in myself anymore. The reason, there's a reason why you are feeling at this dead end right now. If anyone in this place feels this, if you're feeling like I just don't know the next step, that's okay. You get on your knees, you tell the Lord how you feel, you tell him everything, you don't put it on social media, you don't you know, try to get everybody to listen to your problems, you tell God. He told his friends, stay right here. I'm going to go talk. And then he kneeled down, and then he prayed. And this is what he says. He said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take away this cup from me. Meaning all things are possible, Lord. You could possibly change your mind and take this away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. So what was it? Emotion said, Lord, all things are possible. You could take this away from me. Decision, but not my will, your will. See, when you let your emotions, you let, express your emotions, they won't make your decisions for you. If you, up, if you hold your emotions in and in and in, then finally they just explode and the decision's made and now your emotions have ruined and made the choice for you. So it's okay to have them and you have to express them up to God, okay? Do everybody hear that? It's not wrong to have those feelings, but tell God and then this is how you do it. And it's so funny because 
I was sort of frustrated yesterday trying to figure out what to say to you all. And then when Lord and I started talking and I got to have this time, I started thinking about Jeremiah. I had such peace. I knew this is what he, so it's walking with him is your answer. The answer comes when you walk with him. And Jesus knew that. I'm going to lean into the Father, into what he has purposed for me, and I'm going to fulfill it. Not my will, but your will. And in that moment, that surrender, something magical happens. It's in that moment. It's not in the moment when you're over here and you're like, man, I just hate this. I hate my life. God, why can't you do something? I've prayed that. Yesterday, I think I prayed that. Um, but it's like you have these feelings, but you don't let them make your decisions. You just keep moving forward. That's what you do. And that surrender, something happens. And I, it's like the sun coming up. You're looking at the horizon and there's dark clouds and so forth. Have you ever watched the sun, sunrise? And suddenly you see, oh, here it comes. And you see kind of the rays coming up. You don't see the sun yet, but you see the rays. Then you start to see where everything starts to turn like a coral and a pink because the fire, you see this kind of electric orange kind of coming through some of the little holes of the clouds. And then you see like beautiful, like it's touching everything, every dark cloud. I was noticing this the other day. All these dark clouds started being touched by the sun and they started turning pink and coral and purple and beautiful colors, you know? And then the sun finally comes up and it's like you can't, look at it anymore. It's so fiery and strong. And that is our God in our dark moments when we step forward a little bit. That sun rises up on the inside of you. Oh my God. And all the holes and all the brokenness in your life and all the problems. Guess what? Oh, fire's coming out. Fire's coming through those holes. Fire's shining through because that sun, that fire of God is inside of you because what's in you is way more powerful than what's outside of you. And whatever pain you have, whatever sickness, there's way more healing. There's way more answers. There's way more peace than what problems you have. But they're not going to come from your neighbors. They're going to come from God who's in you. That's how he designed it. That's how, this is God's way. It's not us. It's not our choice. And I will leave you today with this final word in John 15 because Jesus said, I'm the vine. My father's the vine dresser. Dwell in me, verse 4, and I'll dwell in you. No branch can bear fruit without abiding in the vine. Guys, we are just the branches. We don't have to fix ourselves. Did you hear me, everybody? You don't have to fix yourself. You don't have to solve everything. That's why I told you, I don't have the answer to your problem. But if you have Jesus in you and with you, then you will, that's, that's the answer right there, that he's with you. And then I love this in verse uh, 16, you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. And listen, I've appointed you. I have planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing that your fruit may remain. Listen, you might think I'm just the smallest person. Nobody even knows me. I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing in life. That's okay. You get planted. You just stay right here. You just keep moving forward every day a little bit more with God and you just listen for his voice. You can hear him. He called you. He chose you. He's the one who started this thing. And maybe you're there, maybe you're here today, or maybe you're watching and you don't know Jesus. I want us to just pray. And maybe you've never really made that decision. Well, I don't, I'm not really a Christian, but it's very simple. I want you to just pray this prayer with me and we can all pray this together. It's like I said, one little step forward because it's not you changing yourself. It has nothing to do with you. Heavenly Father, 
I believe Jesus died for me. You created me. You have a plan for me. But this was your way to send your son to die for me. So I receive what he did. He died and rose again. And therefore, I am completely forgiven. And I receive a brand new heart. The blood of Jesus was shed for me. He died so I could live. So I receive a brand new heart, a brand new life, brand new future. And thank you, Lord, that you have a future for me, for good and not for evil. And I will search you with all my heart. I will seek you with all my heart. And I will find you. And you will show me the way. In Jesus' name. Now, with everybody in this moment of prayer, if you received that, if you prayed that prayer, I want you, if you're watching my online or if you prayed that prayer and you want to, um, you know, let us know, our hosts are going to walk around with this book. Just wave your hand and they'll give you a book. This is free. Pastor put this together, a little Bible study for you to walk with the Lord so that you know how to get into this word. And don't worry about like, oh, I don't know where to start. Just start. Just start a little step. Just take a little step. And um, t this might be your little step, okay? But I also want to pray for every person here that there's that moment that you need to step forward. In fact, I want to ask us to stand right now. And let's just stand in the presence of God to honor him. And will you pray with me as before we let you go? And will you pray with me online? And let's just make this declaration. Heavenly Father, thank you for the step forward that Jesus took. Thank you, Jesus. You did not give up. You stayed with it. You followed through with your purpose. I know I'm called to follow in your footsteps, to bring life and blessing to everybody around me. I hide myself in you, in your strength. You are my strength. You are my future. A stranger's voice I will not follow. I can hear your voice. You chose me. You called me to bear fruit. And my fruit shall remain. So I will trust you. Not my will. But your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's give him some praise. I know that you guys are, I just want, I want you to know how much passion I love you. We pray for you. I really mean that. Those of you watching online, thank you for joining with us. Stay connected to this cluster. The revival is happening. Stay connected to each other. Because guess what? When someone falls, there'll be someone right there to pick you up. All right, none of us are perfect. We're all in this together. We love you so much. Pastor will be back next week to tell us all the good stories and find out all the blessing. You've been such a blessing. Thank you for partnering with us. Our prayer partners will be up front. If you need anything else in your life to agree with you about anything, we love you. You guys have a great rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you next time.
Well, family, what a special time we just had together and what a message of love and grace from our loved Pastor Grace Dickow. And she always brings the word. I hope that you'll share this with a friend or maybe hear it again like I do. I'd love to hear that on the podcast or on our YouTube channel or on Facebook. You can rewatch it and spread that encouragement out. And I'm so grateful that we got to be together today. And a very, very special congratulations if you were watching and you prayed that prayer of salvation right now with Pastor Grace. Welcome to the family. What a great decision you have made to receive Jesus. And we have a free gift we want to give your way. It's a devotional that will help you on the next steps in this journey of walking with Jesus. You can grab that by checking out the QR code on your screen right now. And one more quick reminder, Easter is coming and we want to celebrate with you. So check out the link on your screen, visit our Easter page, and let's begin inviting our loved ones this week. Well, here we go, a whole week ahead to enjoy our life and to stay connected. If you need anything, let us know. We'll be right back here next Sunday. See you soon. All of our peace, all of our love. See you.